showdown at the border as President Biden and former President Trump head to Texas. Why their visits come at a rocky time for the state's crackdown on immigration enforcement. Finishing the month rather frigid with 40s right now. We'll show you a quick temperature rebound as we head into March. The massive fire in the Panhandle continues on its path of destruction, scorching over a million acres of land and securing its spot in the Texas history books. The devastation it's left in its wake and why there's still no end in sight. As the two presidents stage a showdown on the border, another border battle played out in court today. A judge invalidated Texas' new law that would have empowered local police to arrest migrants for crossing into the United States illegally. The law is now on hold just five days before it's set to go into effect. Our Ryan Chandler has a look at how that power struggle is playing into today's border visits. The operation that they showed me is nothing less than incredible. And I'll say this. Uh, it's a military operation. I mean, we have a military, this is like a war. President Trump praising Texas's unilateral efforts to lock down the border. The governor in Texas picked up the ball and they've done an incredible job. But any farther efforts are now in question. The Biden administration pushing back on Texas's show of force. Biden does not care. Governor Abbott is showing strength on the border with President Trump, but back here in Austin, he suffered a loss. A judge here at the federal courthouse ruled Texas's novel new border enforcement law, Senate Bill 4, is unconstitutional. For now, that bars those troops down in Eagle Pass from inheriting new powers, like the ability to arrest and deport illegal immigrants. Texas has invoked the authority provided to us in Article 1, Section 10 of the United States Constitution to declare an invasion and for Texas to defend ourselves. The court not buying that argument, writing, surges in immigration do not constitute an invasion within the meaning of the Constitution. The author of the law tells us this fight is far from over. The whole environment's different around this conversation when it gets to the Supreme Court. Attorney General Ken Paxton has already appealed to try and uphold Senate Bill 4. Ryan Chandler, KXAN News. Going in depth, today activists at Eagle Pass rallied against former President Trump's visit. Today, members of the Texas Border Coalition denounced the former president and Governor Abbott's border policy, which they say militarizes a community in need of basic aid. Everyday people in my community need affordable health care. They need jobs with living wages, secure housing, quality public education, and a safe, dignified environment to exist in. These things cost money and attention, the kind of money and attention that is currently being spent on fleets of new police cars, weapons, drones, concertina wire, and endless court cases against people who in many instances are only guilty of seeking refuge and work. And digging a little deeper, we looked into a Texas uh, February Texas politics project poll, which shows strong feelings on the border from Republicans. 74% uh, of Republican voters surveyed said they consider the number of migrants trying to cross the border a crisis. That number is just 20% for Democrats. In the same poll, 11% of Republican voters and 37% of Democrats consider it a serious problem, but not a crisis. And another poll combining both Republican and Democratic voters found that 66% of surveyed Texas voters support deploying state military to the border with 27% opposed. And that same poll found 65% of Texas voters support the construction of walls on the border while 28% oppose that. And then on the issue of using buoys and barbed wire to deter migration, 57% of voters support it, 36% against. 
Let's take everybody outside tonight where we're getting another burst of winter here. It is cold and gray and oh so cloudy. Mm. That was downtown Austin, but you couldn't really see it. <laughs> no, not really. You've got a reminder that it's still winter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the coldest day of the whole month of February on this leap day, wouldn't <laughs> oh you know it, right? right. Uh, let's take it outside to our Lorenz and Lorenz 360 cam from Westlake Hills where it's only 43. Not only that, not only is it chilly, it's also damp. We've got some drizzle and sprinkles around as well. We're watching those on radar. Some of the steadier rain is in Milam County, but elsewhere we've had spotty light showers in Williamson, Travis counties too, and uh, into uh, portions of Lampasas County, although those are mainly lifting away. We've been watching this uh, line of light showers east of SH 130 that had been drifting west, almost falling apart in Austin, but we are seeing drizzle coming down in the city right now. Most of us are stuck in the mid 40s. If you love wind, this is your day uh, because we've got a huge temperature turnaround beginning tomorrow. Rain chances will stay in the forecast through this evening. 20% at 7, 10% at 9 and 11 with temperatures really not dropping all that quickly from 46 at 7 to 44 at 11. Coming up in first warning weather, we'll show you the drying out and eventually the clearing out of the clouds and how quickly we get sunny tomorrow. That'll bring a huge temperature turnaround as we head into the weekend. After the weekend, storms finally back. Okay, Nick, thanks very much. Turning now to the massive wildfire burning in the Texas Panhandle. The Smokehouse Creek Fire is now the largest wildfire ever in our state's history, scorching nearly 1,700 square miles of land. Alex Camarada shows us the situation there, north of us in the Panhandle. Good afternoon. We are just outside of Fritch, Texas, one of many cities here in the Panhandle that have been ravaged by what we now know is the largest fire in state history. Over a million acres burned, just 3% contained this afternoon. Several businesses, homes, and farms now a total loss. And as you can see behind me, this residence, one of many, now completely down to rubble. An awful scene. We now know the state's fire preparedness level has been raised to a three. That means outside help from other agencies, regions, and even states are coming into Texas to help fight the blazes here. We know also that one woman has died because of the fires, an 83-year-old grandmother from Stinnett. And the wildfires have been moving also east into the panhandle, into Oklahoma, at least 12 fires in Oklahoma as well. And officials aren't exactly sure why the fire started. We do know that perhaps because of the unseasonably warm conditions in February and the high winds, that's a big reason why. Although it is very cold here this afternoon, we saw a lot of snow and some rain come into the area, which did help uh, smother some of the fire. But uh, officials are saying that the winds will pick back up and warmer conditions will return tomorrow and into the weekend. But just a devastating scene here in Fritch, where they're also looking for a lot of help from their Texans. Alex Camerata outside of Fritch, Texas. Back to you. Well, Texas Senator John Cornyn has officially announced he is running to replace Senator Mitch McConnell as the top Republican in the U.S. Senate. Cornyn released a statement this morning saying in part, quote, throughout my time, I've built a track record of listening to colleagues and seeking consensus while leading the fight to stop bad policies that are harmful to our nation and the conservative cause. Cornyn spoke to reporters today in Washington about his decision to try to become the minority leader. I think the Senate is broken and it really hasn't been functioning as the world's greatest deliberative body, which historically people have thought of it that way. And uh, we need to get the Senate working again, which uh, will, I think, do a lot to take advantage of the great talent pool we have here. 
And Senator Cornyn says if he takes McConnell's place, it's his goal to improve communication, increase transparency, and restore the role of Senate committees. A prominent Austin businessman now faces arson charges, according to court documents obtained by KXAN investigators. Dorsey Brian Hardiman is accused of setting fire to the former site of Mellow Johnny's in downtown Austin. He is the founder of Continental Automotive Group, which has several different dealerships in Austin. The court documents say surveillance cameras appear to have caught the 75-year-old earlier this month spreading gasoline around the building and lighting matches. According to those documents, Hardiman owns the building next door and previously asked about buying it. In addition to the arson arrest, he faces a charge of burglary of a building. Court documents also link him to yet another arson. Well, from getting more kids on the field to bringing more major events to the city, how Austin leaders are pushing to put Austin on the map for all things soccer. As Carthage continue in Central Texas, the local community offering up some free peace of mind for the drivers of vehicles targeted the most. And if you're experiencing sticker shock in the grocery aisle, we've got some tips on how you can keep more money in your pocket the next time you need to stock up on the essentials. Texas Tech University says it will freeze tuition costs for the upcoming fall and spring semesters. And this all comes after the state legislature approved additional funding for the university. Texas Tech's president said in a statement that he wants students to focus on school, quote, without the burden of escalating costs. The university says they're also keeping their housing and dining plans at a flat rate at least through the spring semester of 2025. 25 of the biggest school districts in Texas say they are not going to be hiring any chaplains, at least not locally, in response to a state bill that became law last year. Senate Bill 763 allows districts to hire chaplains as staff, even in the place of school counselors, without requiring them to have an education certification from the state. Critics say hiring a Christian figure to take these roles is a breach of the separation of church and state. Democratic State Rep. James Tellerico says the pushback from the districts is a good sign. We are protecting our students and we are protecting our religious liberties at the local level across the state of Texas. This is important progress, but we also want to recognize that this is a growing movement. Now, the Texas law requires districts to vote on whether to create programs that allow chaplains on campus, and supporters say the programs can help some schools meet the needs of students who need counseling. Similar bills have been introduced in states like Florida, Oklahoma, and Utah. Well, some good news in the pollen department today. Cedar, medium, but down. Mold and elm are low, but down, and clearly our temperatures were down. Our high today, only 49, making it the coldest day of the month. We'll show you 80s less than 48 hours away in first warning weather. If you've had to drive your kids 30 minutes out of town for a soccer game, you're going to appreciate this one. Well, today, Austin City Council voted to move forward with a proposal to make Austin a better soccer city. KXAN's Grace Reader explains. On a chilly Thursday, with school in session, the Onion Creek soccer field's only home to the occasional speedwalker, not a soccer ball in sight. But when school lets out and the clouds part to nicer Austin days, these fields become part of a turf war. There needs to be more places to play for, for youth, for adults of all different levels, and there's a huge shortage of that, particularly with compared to other uh, cities with MLS teams. It's why Austin City Council voted Thursday to kickstart the process of expanding soccer access in Austin. Councilmember Vanessa Fuentes brought the item forward, and in part, it asked the city to find ways to increase the number of fields available, expand youth programs, and attract new soccer events to the city. 
The founder of Soccer Assist, a nonprofit that's helped build many pitches around Austin, says he's excited the ball's rolling on this. Austin calls itself a live music city. There's plenty of places to go to, play and listen for live music. We're calling ourselves now a soccer city. It has to be a similar parallel there. Of course, we've been calling ourselves a soccer city on the left foot, bottom corner. because of this team right here, Austin FC. The director of operations at Capital City Soccer Club says that team has given young athletes in Austin something to aspire to. Whether it's dance or soccer or whatever it is, you know, you want to be able to see people like you. And Austin FC have brought in tremendously diverse players. Next step, the city manager will bring solutions to city council. That'll happen later this year. The goal, more fields like these and more of you invited to play on them. Grace Reader, KXAN News. And this will all come back to Austin City Council in September. The city manager is asked to bring back a look at available land, what the needs are, and recommendations. And going in depth on this, a big development is planned for the area around Q2 Stadium, which could also fuel the hype around soccer in Austin. According to the Austin Business Journal, a New York developer is planning on building a 45-story apartment tower right next to the stadium. That project would create over 800 apartment units and would be built within walking distance of the stadium, as well as Cap Metro's new McCalla station. And don't forget to tune in to our show on all things Austin FC this weekend on Veteran the Lights. We're going to have a recap of the Austin FC Minnesota United game, talk about moves on the team roster, and much more. You can catch Veteran the Lights on CW Austin this Saturday at 11:30 a.m. and then again at 5 p.m. First warning weather with meteorologist Nick Bannon. Ah, cool, drizzly at times here today. Very much feeling like a winter day. Technically, today is the last day of meteorological winter. Meteorological spring begins March 1st, which is tomorrow. 46 is where we are right now from our KXCN studio cam, our West Shore home cam here on West Campus, looking toward downtown where some of the buildings have actually been in the clouds. Got some pretty low clouds around. Area of low pressure to the north of us, responsible for the gray skies and also some of the rain we're getting, although there's much more rain closer to Dallas and into Oklahoma. Some spotty showers and sprinkles still around here and little bits of drizzle trying to get in there as well. So don't be surprised if you feel some occasional damp weather this evening, although nothing too steady unless you're in Milam County where you have been getting a little bit more than just drizzle. We do expect rain chances early evening, but by mid to late evening, the rain chances drop. And then as we head past the midnight hour into the day tomorrow, we're back to being dry. Don't be surprised if you start off your Friday with a lot of clouds, although they will be temporary. We'll find increasing sun as we head through the morning so that by the middle of the day and especially for the afternoon, we're all sunny. And that sun combined with the southeasterly wind is going to push temperatures way up here tomorrow. Certainly a big change over what we have uh, here today. Low clouds, some areas of fog start our Saturday morning. These clouds may last a little longer than tomorrow's, but still by late morning and especially Saturday afternoon, we're back to sunshine again. So no shortage of sun, but you may just have to wait a few hours of the morning cloudiness before you get it. Certainly plenty of chill across the state with 40s and 50s being the most widespread readings. We're only at 46 now. We think we drop down to about 42 to begin the day tomorrow, but those warmer winds and sunshine make temperatures jump in a hurry. We're 74 by 3 in the afternoon, back to being above average again by about 5 degrees here for tomorrow. So your forecast tonight, a low of 42 in Austin, a chilly night, some isolated showers, 
mostly before midnight and then drier weather takes over after early morning clouds tomorrow give way to abundant sunshine and we're all the way up to 74 degrees. Here's a look at your weekend both days back in the 80s more clouds to begin your Saturday and then sunshine. I do expect even more cloudiness on Sunday, but still some sun to get us to 80. Both weekend days are dry, but beginning Monday, a new wet weather period begins for us. Monday and Thursday with the highest rain chances, generally lower opportunities for rain Tuesday and Wednesday. How much are we looking at? For now, the amounts not super impressive here through Thursday. American model giving us a quarter inch to three quarters of an inch in most places. And as we check in with the European model, a similar idea, quarter inch to three quarters of an inch. But it is a sign of us going back into a wetter weather pattern again, which we really need beginning Monday. Looking at our first warning weather seven day forecast, you can see a lot of warmth, 70s and 80s the entire time. Those rain chances Monday and Tuesday eventually knock the temperatures down for us Wednesday and Thursday out of the 80s and into the 70s. We'll be watching Monday for the potential for a few strong or severe storms as well. We could get a couple of storms in the mix Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday too. Nick, thanks very much. The U.S. House passed a short-term funding bill to avoid a partial government shutdown this weekend. That bill extends the two government funding deadlines to March 8th and March 22nd, buying lawmakers more time to pass an overall spending package. The stopgap measure is part of a bipartisan deal struck by top congressional leaders just yesterday. The legislation now heads to the Senate ahead of tomorrow night's deadline to keep the government up and running. With vehicle thieves targeting Kias and Hyundais in Central Texas, you might be worried about your own ride. Well, the Kyle Police Department is reminding drivers that you can get a free steering wheel lock. You can just pick them up from the Kyle Public Safety Center. You can find out how to do that at KXAN.com. 25 vehicle models are eligible, including the Hyundai Accent, various models of the Hyundai Elantra, and nine Kia models. Now, this comes after Kyle Police made three arrests in connection to a stolen vehicle. Officers say they tried to pull over the driver of a suspected stolen car. They say the driver took off, eventually ditching the car and running off. Police arrested two teenagers. They're still looking for one. Across the country, people are dealing with high grocery bills as prices continue to rise on some essential food items. The cost of dining out is up 5% over last year, according to the Consumer Price Index. At the supermarket, it's really a mixed bag. Produce prices have decreased for things like lettuce, tomatoes, and fresh veggies, but prices are staying high for other items on your grocery list, with meat prices rising in particular over the past year. When you need to get your groceries shopping done, we do have some tips to help you save money. Instead of having groceries delivered, try curbside pickup. Some stores charge a fee, but it's usually lower than a delivery charge. Shopping online can be helpful as well, since you can see your cart add up in real time. And one trick you might not know about, and this one got me, items in the center of the aisles at eye level tend to be more expensive. So you might want to look at items above and below to compare prices. Well, the Paris 2024 Athletes Village is now open, and Olympic organizers today officially got the keys to the village. It's just north of Paris, and it's going to host more than 14,000 athletes and staff before welcoming 9,000 for the Paralympics. After the games, the village will be transformed into an eco-friendly neighborhood with two schools, a hotel, shops, offices, and a public park. All right, well, coming up tonight on KXAN, it's a full night of law and order. We've got the original at 7 o'clock, SVU at 8, then organized crime at 9, and then you can join us back here for KXAN News at 10. You can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on CW Austin. Here's where to find us.